0: Hello and welcome to Informed, a podcast series where you will hear industry experts share their thought-provoking insights and lessons in the field of medical communications. This series is brought to you by ISMAP and is generously sponsored by MedThink SciComm. My name is Rob Mathias and I'm President and CEO of ISMAP. Digital enhancements are more relevant than ever, and we have endless options to expand the reach of publications. We have enhanced content, which allows our data to be much more impactful, much more visual much more accessible. But the question of which digital enhancements are worth the investment always comes to mind. I'm here today with Travis. We're fortunate to have Travis. He's the Director of Web Operations at the American Society of Clinical Oncology. He oversees operations, support, and strategic advancement of the ASCO family of sites, applications, and digital systems, including user experience enhancements and analytics-driven insight. In addition to all of this, he works with the IT staff and cross-departmental teams to develop long-term strategies and plans for improving delivery of websites, applications, and digital systems to their intended audiences. Travis, I'm so glad to have you here with us today. Let's jump into the conversation. All right, so Travis, thanks for joining us here today to talk about digital enhancements to, um, to publications. We'll just kind of jump right into it, if that's okay. Works with me, thanks. Why are digital options so important to stakeholders today? What's going on in our environment? Well, I think uh,
1: obviously with COVID-19, as pressing of an issue as it is, we've transitioned from everything being kind of a mixed bag, a hybrid option of consuming content via traditional means, which in in those cases may be very much uh, a live environment of a meeting, to having to figure out how to transmit content via essentially digital-only options. And I think that as we do that and we learn, um, as we move forward with all of that, we realize that it offers opportunities for us to enhance our traditional means of, of communicating that information.
0: So you use the word enhance, what do you mean
1: by that? So I'll use uh, specifically some of some of my use cases, which is um, at ASCO, we just had our annual meeting. Previously, we always had uh, on digitally, we would support all of our posters and they would be presented uh, alongside the abstracts that were being presented. This year for the first time, because we wanted to be able to give a platform to those poster presenters, we actually had them submit recordings of them talking about their posters themselves. So we had an uh, essentially an, an explanatory aspect that was added that would not have been captured in a digital environment previously, that was only available to those who attended live
0: and who went to the poster session to actually hear that discuss and speak. So people, I mean, again, not to, uh, to put any words in your mouth, are people getting more out of these options now than they were before?
1: I wouldn't want to put words in their mouths, I guess. Um, in terms of what we've seen from consumption, it has been remarkably high. In some ways, when we think about meetings in general, and at ASCO, it's a, it's a big part of our business, we have a lot that goes on. There's, uh, I'll call it noise, and that's not a fair word to use in this case, but at a meeting you have multiple things. You're, you're seeing people, you're meeting with people, you're going to different things, you're going from session to session. Sometimes the content becomes secondary. I think in this case, what we're seeing is the content is absolutely the primary focal point of those people who are consuming it. They go and, and and interact with the content, they consume the content, and they then, in different means, and we saw a lot of it, particularly via Twitter, they discuss it with colleagues
0: online. So they're doing much more with the content than they were before, if I'm if I'm hearing you right. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, certainly the engagement I think is important at these meetings. But what I'm what I'm hearing, and our listeners, I, I think, are hearing something very similar and that they're actually spending more time learning, understanding, getting educated with these new options now. I think so.
1: I think it's not necessarily that, uh, that there are even new options. It's that I guess that the other options are, not, are no longer available. And so at that point, they are really trying to dig
0: into what is available, which is the content that we've digitized. Okay, so you know what theres there's a, definitely a lot of different options that are available to people in terms of going more digital to be honest, you know, I think a lot of our listeners are probably getting sold a lot of different things that you know work and some that don't work. Let me ask you straight out. What do you think is the most uh, you know bang for the buck out there?
1: Well, I think obviously any opportunity that you have to have video that can really be an enhanced version of what may be written material, let's say in the case of an abstract, that would be a person speaking to greater extent of whatever they previously published. I think that without question, that greater in-depth and personal approach that a, that a presenter can give is gonna be
0: the biggest bang for the buck. So the video is, is huge. Absolutely. Are there things out there that you're seeing that, that just are not a good use of, of resources? I mean, certainly a lot of our listeners are, you know they're getting introduced to things that may or may not work so well. What are you seeing that, that does maybe doesn't work?
1: I don't think that there's anything that I've seen that isn't working per se right now. Certainly, um, you know, video is going to be the most consumed piece, but any of those ancillary pieces that can be added, I think they enhance the overall effect. By that, I mean things like the ability to download slides or to see visually the abstract that may be being discussed, or more importantly, what are the linkages, related content? It just allows for consumption of content in a completely different way than we've previously seen because... The digital environment, while it may seem kind of constrained on one end in terms of you're going to a single site and you've got that single experience, there are myriad ways uh, at which that you can link out to other available content and to enhance and enrich that experience.
0: So, Travis, you used the word linkages and kind of branching out and bringing things together. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Primarily for us this year, which was the idea of really looking into how do we bring a presenter who is not live at a meeting together with the audience who is consuming the content. We essentially added a link to all of the pieces of content where a presentation is housed to allow the consumer to basically click a link, use one of our homegrown applications to reach out and ask um, the presenter any questions they may have. Essentially, it creates a two-way conversation that we previously would not have facilitated outside of a session room. Ideally, some of these would become long-term conversations, perhaps giving the opportunity for both the presenter as well as the uh, the user slash consumer to to develop a relationship, perhaps building a, a professional rapport,
0: yeah, and it's it's interesting you say that because I think, you know in, the previous days you would be fighting to try to get some time over at a poster session and, and trying to get people to have an interaction and engagement. But now there's an opportunity really to to have people develop that long-term relationship, ask questions and and really to um, you know, to have it go way beyond a conference. Do you find that happening? Or?
1: I can't say for sure because I honestly have not had a chance to really delve in with a number of users. I do know that it was a function that was used in terms of looking at our analytics components. But in terms of the follow-through, I, I would be unable to speak to that
0: currently. Well, I think we'll we'll be able to see that in the future. And I do think, I'm sure, that there'll be some data where we'll be able to determine whether or not that's actually working and if there are clearly advantages to um, you know this new way of engagement. Absolutely. And we're
1: hopeful. I think the idea that is obviously missing a piece of that networking that face-to-face that opportunity to ask questions and and certainly somebody who's presented um, at conferences previously i think that um it's very valuable both for the presenter as well as the the, the people in the audience and i think to try and facilitate that in, in a digital means whether or not it is the same which obviously face-to-face is always better but i think it still offers the same benefits to the people consuming the content
0: so let me shift you a little bit and ask uh, a question are there from your perspective, are there barriers that we're facing right now in terms of going more more digital and having some of these, um, these enhancements? You know, what do our, our listeners need to think about?
1: Well, I think that probably the, the biggest barrier is going to be trying to work within the existing confines of your platform. We didn't set things up for this. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to work on the fly to make sure that you're preparing. Um, and so I can use, again, our annual meeting as an example. Um, we essentially had to use three different platforms to create a single experience. If we were going to develop it with, you know, due time, not six weeks uh, or two, almost two months, which is what we, we did, um, we would have developed it on a single platform and we would have had a self-contained experience. That creates the, the, the challenge, which we certainly would love to improve and will improve, which is navigation. How do we get people to and from content as well as these other components of the meeting experience so that they can see all the science that's being presented and consume all of that science that is relevant to
0: them? Is there a a preferred platform at this point or?
1: There are a number of um, groups that I think that are are putting things together. It's it's interesting, I've looked at a a number of them. Um, They all seem to have some kind of shortcoming. For us, we can eliminate a lot really quickly because we want to make sure we have single sign-on capabilities. And a number of these uh, new platforms are are just that, they're new, so they have not necessarily gone to those lengths to, to get there because they're and I mean, I talked to one. I can't. Um, I don't want to say the name, but they literally told me they went from a staff of eight to a staff of 50 from March to April. So everybody's trying to ramp up, but they're not quite there. For us, we used almost all homegrown materials. We were lucky in that regard because we did already have a platform that we housed video on, and um, we expanded into that to offer the the live broadcasting capability. And it made sense then to have the on-demand components still stored there, but. Even then, you know, we, we used three platforms and, and having to navigate between them was not the smoothest of experiences.
0: I think a number of our listeners are, are trying to deal with that as well. It creates a challenge. So while there's certainly a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, you know, benefits to these enhancements, I do think that we're, you know, we're still navigating uncharted uh, territory at this point.
1: Yeah, I think that what we'll see in the future is really um, better thought out plans. I mean, again, when we, when we go to the time frame, we all had to pivot really quickly. Certainly in the society, uh, medical society world, I've been very impressed with the amount of effort and uh, how people have been able to overcome those barriers.
0: So we've covered a couple of different areas in terms of the enhancements that we can have and, and the advantages to happen, the platforms, and even you know, potentially some barriers. One thing that comes to mind, and I have to say, like a lot of our listeners are coming from a place of you know, being concerned about being too promotional or, or making sure that uh, the materials that are, they're developing do not have a, a commercial component to them. Are you finding that's, that's an issue, you know, from a medical society perspective?
1: By that, do you mean more along the lines of uh, generating revenue from an advertising perspective?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, most of the people that are probably listening to this are coming from a place of being on the medical side of the world. And so, they're always challenged with making sure things don't sound too commercial or promotional. Are you finding that's starting to have a creep at this point?
1: I don't think so. Speaking for for myself, really what I saw was content that is focusing almost solely on the science and displaying what the research is, is uncovered over time. In terms of content itself, I, I did not really see any promotional aspect creeping in.
0: Okay. Okay. I asked the question because, you know, from a even from a strict pharma perspective, you know, a lot of the folks that may be listening to this uh this series. You know they have uh, they have to have things approved. They have to go through compliance. They have legal departments and so on, and so I know they're having conversations with with a lot of those people, a lot of those departments, and trying to navigate whether or not something has gone from being strictly medical and scientific to having a promotional or a commercial component to it. And so uh, it sounds though that that's not a, a problem from your perspective, at least uh, from a medical society point of view.
1: Not one I've, I've seen, but I can certainly understand why those discussions would happen with regard to. Again, when you lose that live conference, live meeting aspect, you don't have that exhibiting potential where you can engage directly with the folks who, uh, you know, basically would prescribe uh, particular drugs or treatments. And uh, I'm, I'm sure those are important conversations for those groups to have.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear though that your perspective is one where those barriers have not been crossed. I think that's really, I think that's important for our listeners to hear. I, I think there's probably. A certain level of responsibility they feel to try to keep things in, in the swim zone they're supposed to be in, that's very comforting. Maybe I'll just sh- shift you one more time and ask you: Are there um, are there metrics that you're aware of at this point where you know people are, are kind of understanding how effective these different enhancements are? What are you seeing in that in that domain?
1: So in terms of measurement from from our standpoint, um, I, I guess the the biggest piece that was shocking to me was the amount of content that was consumed over the um, two, technically three days of our our first part of our annual meeting, which was our scientific program, we had uh, two and a half million page views in two days, which to me was incredible. At any one point, we had up to 16,000 individuals watching live concurrently, as well as at the same time, as many as 30,000 others consuming on-demand content. The engagement has been unbelievable. And I think that again, going back to what we talked about earlier in the conversation, is a lot of the noise has kind of been placed to the side. And really, the focus was solely on the content consumption. And I think that really um, is demonstrated in, in those numbers.
0: Yeah, is that an increase, would you say? I mean, is that more more people consuming content?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, from a digital perspective, yes. But you have to think about the the concept of if we look at our, at our conference um, from a kind of normal or traditional sense, most of the content is consumed in person so that we don't have necessarily those metrics that we can point to. The secondary consumption is after the meeting. And then that gives the time for people to go back and look at things they may have missed, revisit content that they sat through, but maybe wanted to take a deeper dive in, re-listen to. So it's more of a um, a complementary piece, whereas now it's front and center. It is the primary piece of delivery.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's really important, and especially to those folks who are listening to this series, who may be concerned with how they want to you know spend budget dollars or how they want to make investments, to hear that even in this day and age where things are so different and things have really shifted and, and we've gone to a totally different platform and and to use your word, we pivoted almost overnight, to think that we're still able to uh, to achieve good visibility, good engagement, it's just it's amazing. I think it's uh, it's very fortunate that we, that's been able to happen. I think the science matters,
1: I think that 's the what we 've seen without question. I think that was the reaction overwhelmingly um, when I looked at comments during the sessions, when I looked at Twitter, people are still invested in knowing
0: what new research is bringing yeah, and I think that actually sums it up pretty well for us right at this point. those who are listening to us today may be wondering where they make their investments, uh, where they want to um, to try to put new digital enhancements in place, but that idea that the science still matters and the science is what's important to people, I think that's so critical. And I, I think it's, um, I hope that our listeners today will kind of take that as a, a takeaway message, that while the, the engagement may not be there in the same way, the linkages that are available, the fact that people can get visibility to the science, that they can understand what's happening, there can still be a data translation, even in this day and age, is so, so important. I really want to thank you for your, your comments and, and uh, perspectives today, Travis. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Informed for medical communication professionals. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Inform your colleagues and rate our show highly if you liked what you heard today. We hope you also join us at an upcoming ISMAP University webinar or even consider becoming a member of our association. Just go to ISMAP.org. That's I-S-M- pp.org to learn more. I'm Rob Mathias. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to our producer Leo Longbread and our audio engineer Eric Colton.